Don't look back because the market is closed. Good uh, Monday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harrods here with the Daily VRA Investing Podcast. Hope you all had a great weekend. Got a lot to talk about today. Uh, Going to start off with a little bit of a different topic, uh, communism. And um, communism on all its shapes and forms. We'll see what's happening in Cuba. How incredible is this? The Biden administration, through their underlings, their assistant, assistant, assistant secretaries of state or whatever, what have you, are out there essentially defending Cuba and, 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 and then making up stories that these, um, they're having peaceful protests. <laughs> these are peaceful protests in a democracy and that um, it's really all about the, they don't have access to enough of their uh, coronavirus vaccines. I mean, you just can't make this up. You just can't make it up. And it tells you exactly what's happening in this administration uh, that is so far left so out of touch with what's really happening and that is very free market driven, very uh, democracy, republic driven uh, 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 system we have here in the United States that doesn't support any of this. Folks, communism is about two groups. Two groups make up communism. It's the elite of the elite. They love it because they, they have complete control over their people. That means they get to dominate the wealth. And they, you know, it's, it's all about projection. You know, they say they're doing it for the people, and they're just lying. Okay, so it's for the elite of the elite. By the way, do you know that uh, the the what is it? The nine wealthiest people in the United States are all Democrats. Surprise, surprise, right? It's for the elite of the elite. That's the one group that are for commun for communism and that are communist, and the other are the suckers, right? Those that are just really idiots that don't know any better that buy into the propaganda, that believe that what these uh, elite uh, the elites are saying is that we're here to help you, the people, uh, it's, just, it's just nothing could be further from the truth. Of course, if you are at least somewhat educated, and I don't mean like educated in our propaganda machines in the universities here in the United States or elsewhere, these are communist propaganda machines. Uh, and I, I have to start to agree with, uh, with Jesse Kelly who's a big proponent of just raising the, the 25 largest uh, universities in the country, right? taking them down brick by brick, brick to the foundation level, firing every employee. Of course, of course over 90% of these employees are far, far left. You're talking about these are professors that are teaching our children. Why are we paying for this? Why did I pay for this for, for my two sons? I, I still ask that question today. Uh, I, they would have learned far more just working with me, you know, and, and, and my friends in, in free market capitalism than they would have learned at these universities. Of course, it's the social experience. That, that's, why we all, that's really why we do it, unless we become engineers or doctors, that kind of thing. But the point is, is that uh, these, these propaganda machines, uh, are, uh, they're really for the, those that just have no ability to be street smart. Right, they're 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 book smart, if you will, and so they they buy into this propaganda nonsense that communism, Marxism, socialism are a a, a healthy way uh, to to run a government and to have a a global system based on. Uh, but uh, I I mentioned that today, of course, because of what's happening in Cuba, and also the fact that how about this? Here we have today. U.S. senators, a lot of Republicans now coming out and, of course, uh, defending uh, the people of Cuba against this oppressive regime in Cuba. Where, where are these same 
elected Republicans that are, why aren't they trying to help uh, 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 quote unquote insurrectionists out well, that are still locked up? I forget there are hundreds of people, patriots, right, that went to the Capitol on January the 6th. Because President Trump invited them. That's a whole other conversation. I got a real problem with that. Trump hasn't made that right yet. He's starting to address it. He's got a whole lot of work to do there, in my opinion. Uh, but that's just, I got to, again, something spills wrong about that to me. Uh, but it was a big time setup. Here all these patriots go. Todd and I were about five minutes away from going. I can promise you we would have been locked up. I can promise you because we would have gone to the Capitol. And uh, Wayne and I had this conversation the other day. Wayne almost came with us. Wayne was, everyone was inviting Wayne Root to go, our good friend and uh, 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 con- uh, conservative warrior. Wayne Allen Root, uh, top-ranked uh, radio host, good friend of ours for a long, long time. And uh, he almost went. He said, Kip, they, I, I'd be the guy. I'd be the guy they, they throw under the jail. Uh, they'd make the example of me. And he's right. Uh, but... Um, you know where are, again? Where are all these senators that are that are now coming out in support of uh, the Cuban people? How about just go to D.C. and get 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 U.S. citizens, patriots, out of jail that are being held there without bail, right? While Antifa criminals run around burning cities down. It's just you know none of us can make sense of it because it's nonsensical. Uh, you can't make sense of it. So, um, but listen. Um, I did say it was going to be a bit of a podcast today. Let's move on to the markets a little bit here. Again, uh, you couldn't ask for a more interesting juxtaposition of what's happening, could you really? Uh, because, you know, we've got here we had the Biden administration and this really, truly moronic vice president, uh, Kamala Kamala. She doesn't even know how to pronounce her name. Uh, she says it different ways on different days. Uh, but here she is over the weekend saying that, uh, well, you know, we really can't have voter ID uh, because uh, people can't photocopy uh, their IDs and send that in with their with their with their ballot with their vote for for mail-in votes, you know, which is uh, which is, should be a requirement. Typically, has been a requirement pre-coronavirus insanity. And here she's saying that because we have so many people that live in suburbs that just don't have access to a photocopy machine. Good God, she's a heartbeat away from the presidency. Ah. What is going on? But again, that's the juxtaposition here, right? That's what makes this market so interesting. Here again, all-time high after all-time high. And this is exactly, by the way, how the stock market has always operated in my 36 years. It always does just the opposite of what the majority believe it's going to do. Uh, That's really, the stock market is built to do that. That's one of its uh, primary roles is how many? How can they? How can the stock market fool the maximum number of people? Because that's the path of least resistance. And once you start to see things through that lens, you know you stop worrying about reading the paper or finding out what analysts say or what they're saying on CBC or Bloomberg. Find out what the majority believe, and that's what, how we track all these uh, sentiment surveys, uh, etc. And, 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 and with all of our uh, stochastics and and our in uh, our in our VRA investing system and our oscillators, uh, momentum oscillators, that's what all these track. Because when you start tracking that data, you don't have to worry about what the so-called experts are saying because that's the majority. That's the majority, and the majority Wall Street makes sure the majority is almost always wrong. 
And that's what we tell you right now. It's just stunning to us. I mean, absolutely stop. In my 36 years, I've never seen anything like this. Here we have the markets at all-time highs. Yet our sentiment surveys, fear and greed index, I didn't I haven't updated it today. What was it? Uh, 40, 40, I think. It was 40 on Friday. And, or, or 40 or lower. That That's fear. Investors are in fear territory with the markets at all-time highs. It's really the same thing with the AAI survey, which I've voted in for over 30 years now. It's the uh, AAI Investment Sentiment Survey, which is only at 40% bull, something like 35% neutral voters. So again, these are not the kind of things that you see anywhere near a market top. I can't stress that point enough. We talk about it so often here because it makes up such a big component from a market po uh, timing point of view in the VR investing system. When you have bearish or neutral or anxiety-filled investor sentiment, <clears throat> and there are many more surveys that show something similar. Uh, in readings, you know, technical readings that we follow. We talk about these as well in our daily VRA updates. Come and join us at VRAinsider.com. Again, VRAinsider.com. We have two free weeks. Come and join us to check us out. Uh, most people don't leave. They stay here with us. We have the best community in the world. But this is why we spend so much time talking about investor sentiment because it's that important, especially in this kind of a market where this market just feels like it could crash at any time. You know, we had a we had a 1% down day on Thursday, like the first one we've had in months or something. We had a 1% down day on Thursday, and all of a sudden, people just freaked the F out. Uh, you know, uh, the put call ratio screamed higher. Again, the fear and greed index uh, imploded down below 40. I think Tyler said it hit 33 on Thursday morning. Uh, I mean, you just can't believe this because market tops don't happen this way. They don't occur this way. Market tops kick in when everybody and their mother believe that stocks cannot go lower, even when they've had a correction, right? So years from now, probably when the Dow is, I'm just making a guess, but I think this will probably be very close to being true. Years from now, when the Dow Jones is like at 50,000, we closed today just below 35,000, four points below 35,000, all-time high, of course, again today. But years from now, when the Dow is 30, 50 or 60,000, and we finally get investor sentiment up to frothy levels, like the fear and greed index will be at 90 plus. Again, it's 40 now. And the AAI survey, instead of being at 40% bulls, it'll be at 60 to 70% bulls. That's when we here at the VRA will be taking profits on our, heavy profits on our positions. We take profits all the time based on short-term swings. You know, we use leverage ETFs quite a bit here, so that's important. You know, you get a 5% drop in a market, that's a 15% drop in a, in a three-time leverage ETF. So we're, we're much more active in the trading of those. Uh, and we're about to take some profits, by the way, in a couple of those positions, probably in the next week or so. But the point being, uh, we're, we're, we're going to stay very long and strong for a very extended period of time until investors start getting greedy and frothy. And we're just, we're light years from that. We are light years from that. So let's cover the markets. Again, all-time highs again today. So we had it on Friday. Again today, the big three, Dow Jones, S&P 500, and NASDAQ. We'll start with the biggest winner on the day among those three. And it was the Dow Jones of 126 points, closing at an all-time high of 34,996. Again, we're, what, 90 points away from an all-time intraday high of 35,090. Well, we're right there, closing uh, all time closing high today. Same thing with S&P 500 up three tenths of 1% today, 15 points, all time high, 
4,384. NASDAQ, all-time high of 2 cents to 1% of 14,733. And finally, uh, as Tyler pointed out uh, on Friday, the Russell 2000 was was just up a point today, and it remains our, 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 our single major index that we track that's the furthest away from an all-time high. Uh, we think this group's going to get going. We like the small caps here a lot. This market has had a rotational theme for some time. You know, uh, I'll give you an example. Tomorrow, <clears throat> we just wrote about this to our Parabolic Options members uh, just about an hour ago. Tomorrow morning, b- before the open, we kick off Q2 earnings season in style with big banks J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs. J.P. Morgan, we call them the Cor- Corleone family of banks, and, J- and Goldman Sachs is the vampire squid of everything investment-related. So Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan tomorrow report before the open. And, you know, a lot of people were concerned about this, uh, not because rates are lower. That comp- has nothing to do at all with bank profitability. Everybody that says it does has lost their mind. Well, they just really don't know what they're talking about. The bank in, uh, bank index, if you're buying banks because you want interest rates to be higher, please look for another investment. What a terrible investment thesis. You need higher rates to make money on a bank investment? It's never made sense to me, which is why I hate this group. I avoid it like the plague. But I will tell you, the BKX is down 7.5% over the last six weeks, okay? Remember, in the first quarter... Everybody was getting frothy about value, right? Had to own the bank stocks, own the bank stocks, own cyclicals. We've got to own everything bank-related. <laughs> Whoops, that was a big peak. Oh, that was a big, big peak right there. You never, ever want to go full value. That's You go full value, it's like going full retard in a movie. You don't do that. Instead, what you do is you pay attention to what's really happening underneath the water. You know, you got the duck on top of the surface looking all nice and calm, but beneath the water, those little uh, legs are paddling like crazy. That's what was happening to the banks at their market peak in the first quarter. Beneath the surface, a lot of turbulence because everything started to break down. I'll walk you through that in just a moment because it's all related, okay? It's part of this global financial, financially engineered economy we have now. And there just are no, if you believe in there's coincidences, then you're a newbie. You're a rookie at this. I'm going to explain why, why that happens in just a moment. But again, the bank index is down 7.5% over the last six weeks. All right. Now that might seem bearish, right? Earnings are tomorrow morning. Wait, the banks have been going down in advance of this? That sounds terrible, right? Again, I don't like the banks. Don't want to buy them. But I think they're about to rally sharply. Because they've come off their overbought readings. They were extreme overbought on steroids, which is a VRA investing system way of saying on every momentum oscillator and every uh, 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 moving average that we track, everything was extreme overbought. That is not when you buy more. That is when you take profits. And now that they've pulled back over the last six, seven weeks, and they're down 7.5% from the highs, this again, this group has now been rotated out of. Right, this is how this market's working, and it's uh, got a very uh, manufactured feel to it. But you know what? It is what it is. We can't control that. But the point being, this is the time that I believe the banks are going to rally. Um, I think I think the banks are going to announce some pretty strong numbers tomorrow and this week, and I think they're going to move lead the rest of the market higher with them. Uh, and it doesn't matter what rates do. So that's that's our view. Again. This rotational feel, 
Uh, we've had very few non-mega cap stocks that have done well, and we had that proof in the pudding. Right now, we have a, a percent of uh, S&P 500 stocks trading above their 50-day moving average has fallen all the way down to 56%. Again, just 56% as of Friday's close of all S&P 500 stocks are trading above their 50-day moving average. That's not healthy, typically, because it was just at 92%, right? That was back in April. So we're talking about, what, in, in, in what three months? You've seen a fall from 92% above the 50-day to just 56% today. What's remarkable about that, however, is that even though that's happened, that tells you the average stock has been falling in price, not rising, but we're still hitting all-time high after all-time high. How's that happen? Here's how that happens. This is a strong bull market. This is, this is the kind of bull market where a rising tide eventually lifts all boats. And the big caps have been leading the way. It's pretty much a, it's pretty much a, 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 a exactly the kind of bull market that you would typically see that I've seen over my career, where the large caps lead and eventually everything else winds up falling in place. Again, rising tide lifts all boats. We think that probably begins tomorrow with the banks. Here's what else we see. The techs and semis are leading the way higher, right? Uh, and that's as of late. NASDAQ was the last of the, of the big three to hit an all-time high, and then they've been zooming higher post that, uh, really, since the, really since the May 24th, uh, May 12th capitulation in tech, big tech and semis. They've led the way, like aggressively led the way. It's not, not even a close second. And that's always bullish. You want you know, tech and semis leading the way. That tells you the broad market's going to follow. We expect that to continue. Happened again today, by the way. On Friday, the semis were up 1.5%. Uh, let, let, let the, again, we had 400-plus uh, point gain in the Dow Jones on Friday, but the semis led the way. Happened again today, folks. SMH, the semi-ETF, up a big 1.5%. That's back-to-back days with 1.5% gains. That does not happen in a market like, like sentiment being bearish, right? Like nervous sentiment. When the semis are leading, you do not want to be short that market. That's just my experience. So it tells us, again, the banks will probably kick ass and the, the semis have been leading and now we're at the stage of a market where everything else starts to participate. This could be an explosive move higher from here just as everybody's gotten anxious and bearish. How about that? That's how the markets work. We're also still in the best two weeks of the year. Uh, that only lasts a couple more days. There's no hard written rule there uh, that says we have to fall off the edge of the table. But I will tell you, uh, according to our friend to the Stock Traders Almanac, that from July 15th, three months forward, what is that, through August, excuse me, through July, July through October, those are not, historically speaking, seasonality speaking, these are not great times to be an investor. But folks, this is not an average time, is it? No, it's not an average time. My God, we got $30.5 trillion in global monetary and fiscal stimulus inside of 16 months. That's nothing normal about that, Right. We're going to have record earnings. I'm, let, me, let me point that out to you here. Q1 earnings, <clears throat> smashed estimates. We know this, right? Uh, remember, heading into Q1, analysts expected earnings beats of 18%, but they came in at better than 50%. I think it was 54% beats was a final number, okay? Um, that was the average beat over Q1 of last year. So right now, for Q2 over last year's Q2, the analyst estimates are for beats of 56%. 
Well, if they were that far off in Q1, how far off do you think they're going to be in Q2? This is the big quarter. As I wrote today, I put serious money, serious, serious money. The final beats will come in at better than 80%, not the 56%, better than 80%. As Tyler reminded me before the podcast today, I think he said we've had 19 so far, 19 S&P 500 companies report. And that's about where we are, about 90% earnings beats, just smashing. That's going to happen. Uh, and no, my goodness, where do they get these people to go on TV and say this? No. Earnings in second quarter will not mark peak earnings. Give me a break. Look, earnings growth is just accelerating now, right? Record amounts of liquidity with inflation taking place that is phenomenally positive for uh, for uh, corporate earnings, okay? Now, it might eventually wind up being really negative for us, the consumer. I don't think so. I'll walk you through that next. But again, corporate earnings are going to soar. Liquidity soaring. Those are the two most important components of a bull or bear market right now. Again, this leads, this tells us we're going a lot higher, likely in the short term, certainly, certainly in the long term. I mean, if you know, our long-term forecasts include a target of 75,000 plus on the Dow Jones. This is inside of five years, folks. And uh, now it's been our, been our target for some time and a target of uh, 30,000 plus uh, on, uh, on NASDAQ. Again, 100% gains from here minimum over the next four or five years. Frankly, it could get a little crazy beyond that. Again, inflation. Inflation is the thing that matters most. Currency inflation, right? Debasement of your currency must drive up equity prices. It's only happened everywhere it's ever happened, and now we have it happening on a global scale. At some point, it may not end well, but we're just not at that point yet. All right, so let me walk you through. We think this is important because we think this is the, the exact setup we have now. For the, during the rest of Biden's tenure, which, by the way, <laughs> Democrats, I'm going to put this out there as a hardcore Kip Herridge prediction. Democrats are going to get smoked next year. Smoked in the midterms. Absolutely smoked. Republicans are going to steamroll, certainly in the House, I think in the Senate, in the Senate as well, because nobody wants to be a communist. We, we recognize these are morons. Again, why do communists exist? For the elite of the elite and for the suckers that buy into the propaganda. We've already established that. As I told you at the beginning of this podcast, my word is Bible when it comes to this, folks. You can debate me all you want. I'll be right. You'll be wrong. The key point here, though, is that even, even, even when Repu- Republicans steamroll next, uh, next year, we're still going to have Biden left for a couple years, Right. But what damage can this old man do, right? He's not running things anyway. The shadow government is, right? We know this. It's been well established. I established that over the last, since he's been elected. Of course, there's no reason to debate me because my word is Bible. Manufacturing, we're going to have like the Obama administration during the remainder of Biden's time, which of course is now more than three years. This is a manufactured economy. Manufactured. We had it during the entirety of Obama's eight years. So I kind of, I recognize, again, pattern recognition is kind of what we do here. Pattern recognition is the basis of technical analysis. And during Obama's economy, we saw the same thing, rotation to rotation, rotation. So it's happening right now. What was everybody talking about in the first quarter? The global reflation trades, right? 
we talk about the value stocks, cyclical stocks, the economy is heating up. Oh my God, the global economy is heating up. Rates are at 1.75%. They're going to go to 2%, then 2.5%, then they're going to 3%, and the Fed's going to be trapped. Oh, they're trapped. The Fed's screwed up. They're trapped. <laughs> Not really. What happened next? First thing that happened, China came out. If you remember, China came out and started warning all their companies to stop letting commodity prices rise. Wasn't that a little weird to say that? Well, copper prices started to fall, right? Lumber prices, by the way, lumber price, Tyler reminded me of this today too. Lumber prices, which were so red hot, remember they were adding 20% cost by themselves to the price of a new home. What happened to that? It's all gone, it's gone. Lumber prices have now plummeted. All of their gains for 2021 are gone in lumber. Now, down 55% from the highs. Down 55% from the highs. We just lost our power here, folks. So I'm going to be flying a little blind with this podcast here the rest of the way. Um, that's okay. I've got it all in my head. So, again, the point being is everybody was so worked up about higher rates and about inflation. And then, boop, there goes China. There goes copper prices. There goes lumber prices, right? All of a sudden... Uh, all base metal prices, right? Everything started plummeting in price. So what, what happened? Interest rates began to plummet. Inflationary fears plummeted. The reflation trade fell apart. Again, bank stocks, etc. right? Folks, you think that's an accident? Again, do you think it's just a coincidence that it happened? No, this is what happened during the entirety of Obama's eight years. Get ready for it. That's the point we're making here. This is why, again, not to... Sound like I'm, uh, uh, I'm, I'm beating our own drum too much here, but that's why it's so important to have a, an investing system like we have that points us out in advance. This is what we were talking about when rates were 1.76% on the 10-year. We told you then that would not stand. It didn't. We told you that we wouldn't have inflationary concerns. They're now gone, right? But again, you see a rotation from one group to the next. It extends bull markets. It's actually... As manipulated and manufactured as it is, right? We've seen financial engineering from the Federal Reserve for a long time now. We've seen it from Japan since they started QE in 2001. Of course, our Fed started 2008, 2009, you know, uh, robustly, as they would say. But this is the engineered financial system that we have. This is now the manufactured market cycles that we should get used to. That's the point we're making here. But at the end of the day, it's broadly, broadly, broadly bullish for the stock market and for us as investors. These are the trends and short-term movements that we believe we should pay attention to. So again, today, all-time highs across the board, except for us 2,000. As Tyler reminded me, we also had all-time highs today in Russell 1,000, Russell 3,000, healthcare sector, uh, tech sector, retail hit an all-time high today as well, and consumer discretionary all-time high. Uh, but I, 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 as I said, my system just fell down. So I, I, I don't have the internals in front of me or the sectors. I can tell you, uh, I just hit refresh. I'll tell you from upstairs here. Internals were essentially flat today across the board. Uh, although 50, new 52 highs lows came in a big positive. These are not great readings. But I think earnings are going to take care of that. I think we're going to see the internals start to really pick up steam. Again, the amazing part is, here we have the internals that have really been crappy for a couple weeks, yet we're continuing to hit all-time highs, okay? That price action matters more than anything, and that's why a market at all-time high, it's, it's hard to find anything to be more bullish about. 
and hard to find a better time to be an investor than when the markets are hitting all-time highs. Um, and our commodity was today, gold today, down $4 an ounce at $18.06 an ounce. Uh, silver, down $0.07 cents an ounce at $26.31. Uh, we love the commodities here, by the way. We have for a long time. This is when you aggressively buy them on pullbacks like this. Uh, physical gold and silver, uh, miners, uh, copper. We love copper as well. Copper today down $0.01 cent an ounce at $4.32 a pound. Oil today a little bit soft, down $0.38 cents a barrel at $74.18. And finally for the day, uh, Bitcoin uh, down 1199 at 32,694. I still think the path of least resistance here in Bitcoin is lower. Um, I think there's a decent chance that it breaks below that uh, 29,000 level, and um, we'll be looking. We're, we're looking to buy lower from here. But again, I think it's a big bullish for the big bullish indicator for the stock market because you got all these new investors, millennials, the group that we love. You know, again, the public's falling back in love with stocks. And uh, as Bitcoin and other cryptos go lower, that just reinforces to them, look, maybe I should be in stocks. They're hitting all-time highs. Maybe the Bitcoin play is dead for a while. Again, this rotational theme is now taking place in cryptocurrencies as well. It's nothing bearish about it. It's just a rotational theme. That's the point I want to leave you with today. Folks, as always, we appreciate you being here. Hope you have a great night. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.